0: We weigh what we weigh. I heard this saying years ago from a sponsor when I was early in sobriety and started attending AA. It took me a bit to get it because I was still in it, but maybe you'll get it quicker than I did or already have mastered it. Let's see what you think as you listen into this episode and learn the last half of this statement that was profound for me. Hi, I'm Brenda Reese, Freedom and Forgiveness Coach, and a person just like you that is learning to navigate life and all of its challenges. I teach a forgiveness process like no other. It's a blend of practical and spiritual forgiveness. This process guides you into knowing how unforgiveness can be keeping you stuck in your relationships, both personally and professionally, and how it prevents you from releasing resentment and finding joy. Each week, I share practical and some not-so-practical tips, tools, and advice from myself and other people that are on this journey just like us. This is for you if you are ready to turn your pain into peace. Welcome to the Forgive Yourself Podcast. We weigh what we weigh, so let me give you the background of why this statement impacted me so much. Years ago, when I was early in sobriety and starting to feel all the feels, as we say, and not having a coping mechanism anymore with alcohol, right? It was hard. I was trying to live my day-to-day life without my coping mechanism of alcohol, and I was in a marriage that had been born out of addiction, and it wasn't going so well, and I was blaming others for my problems. So I was in my victim story and not quite ready to take radical responsibility like I talked about in a previous episode. I was blaming my ex and others, parents, friends, all sorts of people in my life for my problems. Now, when I say victim story, I'm talking about the story that I kept repeating over and over, blaming others and feeling shame. Let me give you a definition of victim story or victim consciousness, as I learned to call it in my forgiveness training. So victim story or victim consciousness is to be a victim is to perceive yourself to have been damaged or injured in a particular way by someone else, and that because of them, you are unable to feel peaceful and have happiness in your life. They are the cause of your unhappiness. This becomes your victim story and resides in you as part of your victim consciousness. So back to the we weigh what we weigh statement, it was the second part of it that I want to talk about today. The full statement that my wonderful sponsor said to me at the time, and at the time, of course, I'm, I'm, that was tongue in cheek because I didn't think she was wonderful but she turned out to be exactly what I needed. So the statement that she said to me was, Brenda, we weigh what we weigh, whether we get on the scale or not. So let's take that in in just for a moment. As humans, we are all obsessed with our image, our weight, our bodies. There's a love-hate relationship with it, right? And society and the weight loss companies feed into this. Now, I'm not talking about body image today, even though it is a topic that will be covered around self-hatred and how it shows up in our bodies. But this statement, we weigh what we weigh, whether we get on the scale or not, is about denial. So it's not about our weight per se. However, denial shows up in the way we take care of ourselves or not. Denial is huge in our lives and it shows up in a myriad of ways. Weight is one of them. Now, how many of you don't get on the scale because you don't want to know why the clothes are fitting tighter because you don't want to give up the desserts, right, or the fast food? Raise your hand. I'm raising my hand. Denial is natural to us, it is a coping mechanism that we've learned. In fact, Did you know it's part of the grieving process? Denial is a natural psychological coping mechanism and is considered quite normal, especially in times of great stress or trauma. It can actually be helpful at times as it can serve to protect us receiving shocking news or loss or fear. It's meant to help us be able to deal with the pain of that information we received, Yet some of us can hold on to it for too long, which causes some pretty heavy consequences. And you know what? In my research, I learned that there's actually a name for people who stay in denial. Get this. They are called denialists. Yeah, The definition is a person who denies the existence, truth, or validity of something despite proof or strong evidence that it is real, true, or valid. All right. I think for a lot of my life, I could have been called a denialist. But, you know, I didn't know there was such a name. And wow, I mean, we have a name for everything. Do you realize that? That's crazy. So why do people go into denial? Denial is a method of self-protection. If you are in denial, you are trying to protect yourself from a truth that is too painful for you to accept at the moment. It's a natural human instinct because we try and protect our emotional security. Now, sometimes short-term denial is essential. It can give you time to organize your thoughts and yourself to accept a very significant change in your life. Yet again, I want to stress that it is a coping mechanism for us to be able to center ourselves in hearing or experiencing a traumatic event or information we are receiving. And again, we aren't meant to stay in denial. You know, like the denialists that I mentioned just a minute ago. We don't want to stay in that category if possible. So I have an example of my own denial about getting the diagnosis of an illness. And I'd like to tell you that story. In 2014, I was going through some vision changes, and I thought it was just stress of learning to start a new business. See, I had quit my 30-plus years in corporate, and I, had, I didn't have any idea of starting my own business, but here it was. I was learning about Forgiveness Coach and how to do this online business brand new after coming out of the box of corporate. So the symptoms started with vision changes, especially in one eye. Then came the headaches. Now I don't get headaches. So the alarm bells were going off, yet I was justifying it as being under stress. And I didn't have time to go to the eye doctor because I was busy, 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 busy. Until I noticed I couldn't see out of one eye, so I couldn't deny it anymore. I was going blind in my right eye. Through many doctor appointments and then an MRI, I heard the words, Brain tumor. Very large. We are not sure if it is cancerous or what kind yet, and you need brain surgery ASAP. This is the week before Christmas. I went numb. I I didn't hear it much after that. I could I could see this surgeon's mouth moving, yet I, I couldn't comprehend what was being said. Then I looked at him and said, "Now nah, I'll be okay. He said, if you don't do surgery, there's no guarantee you won't go blind or that it won't affect other things in your brain. And in my denial, I said, mm let me think about this cuz you know there's christmas and then we're supposed to go to hawaii in january and i i can do this later i think i'm going to be fine now some people would say that was shock and i agree but it's also denial in the part where i said i think i'll be fine i can do this later because in my head, I was thinking, eh, no, nah, it's not going to affect me like other people. I'm not going to die or go blind, the things that, you know, I was told later. I was thinking, this doesn't happen to me. Have you ever felt that way yourself? It won't happen to me. It's quite common with people hearing diagnoses like this. The denial serves as a way to be able to either not go into shock. Which is hard not to do, but to mainly be able to absorb and integrate the information so you can make a good decision. Denial can be a resistance of sorts, okay? Like not just a medical diagnosis, but like the teenager who refuses to do their chores. They weren't, aren't thinking about the consequences of it. Or when we are in a bad relationship and we know it's over, yet we are afraid to make a decision to leave. Or when we are burying ourselves in work, in a job we despise, and we make excuses for why we have to stay there. So that's what happened with my client, Sue. Sue is in a very high-demanding job, with good pay, yet a lot of hours. Over this last 11 months, there's been more demands, and she was feeling burnt out and stressed and stuck. Her boyfriend was not happy with the situation because he didn't see her as much, and when he did, she was tired and grumpy. When she did get a day off, she wanted to take some time for herself, and that too caused a disconnect in the relationship because they weren't able to see each other again. He wanted her to quit, but she kept saying the pay is good and the benefits. She just, she couldn't get that anywhere else. And and she didn't have time. I don't have time, she said, to look for another job. And probably it wouldn't pay as well either. Her denial kept her from handling the issue, even though it was causing stress in her relationship that she said she loved being in and stress in her own body. She was starting to feel like her body was breaking down. That's what brought her to work with me. In working together, she could see where the denial was playing a big role in her life and realizing how powerful it was. She realized she got defensive when her boyfriend wanted her to quit, and she felt he was pushing her into making a decision she didn't want to make. We talked about denial serving a purpose, which is a way to avoid pain. For her, it was around feeling she wasn't good enough that she had felt all of her life. She didn't think she could get another job. And with going deeper into this feeling of not enough, she found that she was proving herself in her job, and she didn't know how to be accepted or accept herself if she wasn't working so hard. And the other thing of that was, who else would hire me? I'm not enough. So some signs of denial are, we're making excuses. We refuse to talk about the problem. We find ways to justify our behavior, like Sue's example. We blame other people for causing the problem, like I was doing with my alcohol addiction, blaming other people and even life itself. You keep doing the behavior despite the negative consequences. You're not able to see this behavior is affecting you or those around you. And you keep repeating that they or you don't have a problem. So some more examples of denial are that we deny that something unpleasant is happening, like a medical diagnosis in my story. People deny that they are forgetting things with cognitive impairment. Okay, that's a denial. We don't want to feel that that's happening or they don't want to feel that it's happening. I denied that I had a problem with alcohol and that it was affecting my life. We can deny that our marriages or relationships aren't healthy. We can deny that we are trying to get love from someone who is not capable of providing it. And we deny addictions and behaviors that are hurting us and those we love. Speaking of addictions, denial is big in addiction. That's where we hear a lot about it. And that was my story as to why the sponsor gave me that statement. We weigh what we weigh, whether we get on the scale or not. I had a problem with alcohol and was thinking I could handle it myself and I didn't need any help, right? I was making claims like, okay, I would only drink wine and not hard alcohol. Uh, How about I would only drink on weekends and not during the week? Or, okay, I'm just going to have one, which never worked or I'm only going to drink when I go out with friends. Yet, I knew in my heart of hearts that I never followed through on these claims. I never followed through with those things, and I would just justify my way to another bottle and then another. Now, even though I was a high-functioning alcoholic, I was in denial for the havoc that was being caused in my relationships and my health. For me, it was about dealing with the emotions that I had buried. There was quite a bit of abuse and pain growing up, and I learned to cope with it by suppressing those emotions and then drinking to try and keep them down. It worked for a while, until it didn't. By suppressing my emotions, I failed to recognize the truth about my thoughts and my actions and my behaviors. Suppression is needed for a time when dealing with trauma the loss of a loved one, or fear of circumstances, yet it's not a healthy way to cope. Now, this can express itself as being busy, like in the story with my client Sue, or even in my story where I kept myself busy, 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 right? I couldn't go to the doctor. It can also express itself in reaching for drugs and alcohol, like I did, or shopping or gambling or compulsive eating. These are great for the moment, yet they can cause more serious issues down the road so how do we get out of denial if you are struggling with denial and trying to manage its impact on your life no please know you are not alone and there are ways to move from denial to acceptance and i'm going to talk about six things number 1 notice where you could be blaming others for what's happening in your life maybe it's time to get honest with yourself and ask how have I contributed to the situation? See, blame allows you to shift the responsibility for your actions to someone else, yet it doesn't help you solve the problem. I had to do that about my marriage, right? And my drinking and how my own denial caused some of those problems in the marriage. Number two, what environment are you in? do you hang out with people who are supporting the negative behavior like addictions or blaming others? Or are you surrounding yourself with people who are taking responsibility for their actions? Now I was surrounding myself with my drinking buddies, right? And so that really wasn't helping me when I got to the point where I needed to stop. When we are surrounding ourselves with people who are supporting our denial, it reinforces it and it makes it hard to see it differently. It makes it hard for us to take accountability for our own role in our own unhappy life because they aren't taking ownership of their own behavior. Have you heard the saying that we are a combination of the five people we spend time with? Now that can be a wake-up call right there. So number three, spend time with people who think differently. Now, this is great for challenging our thinking and helping us to examine our thoughts and assumptions on various topics. We are able to open the aperture of our own lens and see things from a wider perspective. Number four, tell the truth. Like my client Sue did, she was able to admit she was hurting herself in that job and she didn't want to lose herself or her partner based on a belief that was no longer working for her she created a new belief that she was healthy and that she could and is capable of being hired by other people because she figured out, felt, and knew she was enough. Number five, forgive yourself. You're human. Denial is what we use to avoid pain. It's the anticipation of the pain that we fear, and denial is our painkiller so we can forgive ourselves for being in denial. Instead of criticizing or blaming and shaming yourself, look at your situation with some love and see it as an opportunity for positive change and growth. We don't know what we don't know. Giving ourselves grace is a beautiful gift. And number six, take small steps. Small, doable steps. Now, Sue didn't run out and find a new job right away. I didn't jump into a divorce right away, or I didn't go back to drinking. It was small, actionable steps. Sue worked on her resume and started to let friends know she was looking for a different job. I went to an AA meeting every day and got myself involved with that community so I didn't feel alone, which helped me to not drink again, and it's been 20 years now. And then after being sober and working on myself, I could then take responsibility for my part in that relationship. And we both agreed that the divorce was the right step for both of us. And then we both started working on our own selves. So to recap, the six steps to help you get out of denial. One, notice where you could be blaming others for what's happening in your life. Maybe you can start asking yourself, How have I contributed to the situation? Number two, what environment are you in? Do you hang out with people who are supporting the negative behavior, like addictions? Or are you surrounding yourself with people who are taking responsibility for their actions? Number three, spend time with people who think differently. That opens the aperture of our life lens so we can widen our view. Number four, tell the truth, like my client Sue did. She was able to admit she was hurting herself in that job and then she was able to make the changes she was ready to make. Number five, forgive yourself. You're human. Denial is what we use to avoid pain. Remember that it's the anticipation of the pain that we fear and denial is our painkiller. So we can forgive ourselves for being in denial. And number six, small doable steps. Sue didn't run out and find a new job right away. I didn't jump into a divorce right away or go back to drinking. So be patient with yourself as you become willing to face your denial. Know that whatever you are or were experiencing that caused you to feel the denial is valid. Your feelings are valid. And all you need is to be willing to be willing to face your denial. Keep in mind, denial is a natural psychological coping mechanism and is considered quite normal, especially in times of great stress or trauma. It can actually be helpful at times as it can serve to protect us after receiving shocking news or a loss or fear. However, we do not want to be a denialist by staying in denial. Denial is meant to help us be able to deal with the pain of that information we received. If you are in pain, acknowledge that pain. No comparison to others' pain or how they're handling losses in their lives. Because your feelings matter. You matter. And so does your happiness. The important thing is to be able to learn, to notice when you're in denial, and then overcome it so you can live a much happier and fulfilled life. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy it, would you do me a favor and share this episode and then follow us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss one episode of the Forgive Yourself podcast, where every Friday you will get tips, tools, and stories so that you can turn your pain into peace. Take care.